Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Very good morning. Thanks for staying with us on Money FM 89.3. I'm Lin Lee and this is Morning Shot. The conflict in Myanmar has dominated talks at the 42nd ASEAN Summit as leaders of the bloc meet in Indonesia. On the back of the ongoing conflict, Singapore's Prime Minister Lee Hsien Loong emphasised that the current format of only inviting Myanmar to ASEAN meetings at a non-political level signals that all is not well and very little progress has been made on the five-point consensus which is a peace plan struck between ASEAN and the junta in 2021, months after it overthrew the elected government. Now, at the summit, discussion on Myanmar overshadowed other key issues on ASEAN's agenda, including the code of conduct on the South China Sea. For a deeper analysis, we're joined by Associate Professor Chong Jiayin from the Department of Political Science at National University of Singapore. Good morning to you. Good morning. All right, it's nearly two years since the coup in Myanmar and the country remains in civil war. In ASEAN, critics say they are just a toothless talk shop. How would you assess its progress or perhaps a lack of it in its bid to end the violence in Myanmar? So I suppose ASEAN has been talking about Myanmar. They've been trying to engage uh, with the junta uh, in public and from what I understand, there have been some efforts to outreach uh, to the NUG. But unfortunately, there's not much progress uh, because at this point, I don't think ASEAN has very much leverage on either, uh, on either of the parties. Okay, Indonesia and Singapore have both condemned the attack on an aid convoy carrying the regional diplomats, including two staffers from the Singapore embassy in Yangon just days before the summit. We don't have very much details on that, except that the country reps are unharmed. What do you make of the attack and the signal that the perpetrators were trying to send there? So, uh, firstly... There's no clarity on who the perpetrators are. Mm-hmm. The junta was very quick to blame the PDF, so this is the arm side of the NUG, as they would, you would expect them to do so. Uh, the PDF and NUG have denied that their forces were even operating uh, in the area. So we have no idea who the perpetrators are. No one else has owned up. Uh, so you know, if that's the case, we have very little clue on what signals are being sent and why the attack happened. And I think more, more than anything, it's reflective of the deteriorating security situation domestically in Myanmar. ASEAN has also become increasingly assertive with Myanmar's junta over its failure to implement what they call the five-point consensus. But it's going to have to take more than just that. There has to be consensus among members of the bloc as well as from the outside. So in your opinion, what is holding ASEAN back in making further headway? Where do I start? <laughs> so I think on the one hand, ASEAN is undecided as to how they can or want to put more pressure on the junta. So um, we're looking possibly at putting pressure on revenue streams, um, at ways that they, they can get supplies of uh, ammunition and, and what arms. ASEAN, I think, is undivided how tough they want to be on, on those kinds of things, mm-hmm. uh, including on financing. So that, that's one thing. The other is that uh, these kinds of uh, your money uh, arms, etc., can come from other sources, uh, and arms apparently from the PRC and Russia have been making their way to the junta, so that has to be somehow resolved, so working with those actors would be important. Uh, but at this point, uh, unfortunately, ASEAN doesn't have much way to pressure the junta. The only thing they've got is status, right, to let them into the political meetings, but I don't think the junta, that's very high up on the junta's priorities. 
The junta, meanwhile, has signaled that the current conflict is a domestic situation. And given the obvious difference in how the crisis is viewed internally and externally, how realistic is it to expect ASEAN to prompt meaningful change from the junta? Uh, ASEAN needs to be able to not just offer a carrot of some sort in a meaningful way, but also be able to threaten some sort of sticks, right? Now, the inability to do that makes it very difficult to move uh, the, the junta in a direction that ASEAN wants, which is to try to resolve uh, the conflict. Of course, the junta will say it's a domestic situation because mm-hmm. they're trying to cut off contact and support uh, for the energy and the, uh, the rivals. So um, in this kind of a situation, you know, if ASEAN wants to prompt meaningful change, it probably may have to think about also contacting, um, perhaps in a more official way, the other actors. But of course, that will cut against ASEAN's non-interference principle. So this makes it all very complicated for ASEAN to move forward. There's also the South China Sea issue, which was overshadowed by talks on the Myanmar crisis. We're seeing a sharpening of grip multilaterally by the US and China, as described by some political watchers, with potential flashpoints likely in Taiwan, South China Sea. How pressing do you think is the South China Sea issue at this point, and where exactly can ASEAN come in? I think that depends on where in ASEAN you sit. Mm. If you are among the maritime states, the South China Sea issue is of much more concern. If you are not even one of the mainland states, uh, issues on, along the Mekong may be more important. So there has to be a meeting of minds uh, within ASEAN on these issues. And on the other, I think a lot of ASEAN members, I think, are very wary of wading uh, into the South China Sea issue more directly, in part because of this uh, US-PRC competition, in part because there is a lot of concern that uh, if you upset Beijing and the view is that it's quite easy to do so, uh, you could be in line for some punishment. Uh, and I don't think any ASEAN state is quite ready for that uh, at this point in time. So the sort of will, the political will to move forward in any meaningful sense uh, is more limited right now. Beyond these two key issues, economic development was also a vital part of the talks. On this front, PM Lee stressed that economic integration must always remain the bloc's priority. Are there specific areas you think ASEAN is lacking in? So I think the economic side is something that is perhaps a stronger suit for ASEAN right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's and integration, of course, is important because we are each other's largest trading partner collectively. ASEAN is you know, each ASEAN member's largest trading partner. So uh, on that front, to move forward uh, is important at a point where there's a lot of uh, economic uncertainty globally, where there are you know, continuing flow, uh, questions about um, flows of energy, supply chain, uh, in- inflation, uh, so on and so forth. So uh, ASEAN, I suppose, uh, can only best sort of rely on itself to try to face these sort of economic headwinds. Just tying back to how effective regional integration underpins ASEAN centrality, amid all these geopolitical tensions and uncertainty, in what ways can ASEAN member countries rally together to continue to stay relevant? So uh, the challenge that ASEAN faces right now is that although there's a lot of commonality uh, among member states, Member states also have very different interests. You know, they have different regime types, they have different uh, levels of economic development, their economic structures are very different, the social structures are very different. So I think any move towards uh, working together, there needs to be an effort to sort of figure out where the sort of collective interests might be able to uh, maybe take priority uh, over these individual interests. Because if each uh, member state you know, pursues their own individual interests, then uh, ASEAN centrality, unity, uh, and uh, its ability to integrate will become more challenged. All right, we've been speaking to Associate Professor Chong Jia Yin from the Department of Political Science at National University of Singapore. Thank you very much for your perspectives. 
Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.